You are Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast on the Houston Rockets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That was ridiculous. Even for a team that's 61 and 14 on the season and winners of 31 of their last 33 games on a night without James Harden, Clint Capella, and Luke Bamute against the Chicago Bulls, a team that's not very good at 24 and 50, the Rockets still find a way to amaze us. On that positive note, welcome back to Locked On Rockets, the only source for daily podcast commentary on your league leading Houston Rockets. I'm your host, Ben DuBose, Rockets correspondent which first talked 790, the team's official flagship. What a beatdown it was on Tuesday night at Toyota Center. The Rockets getting the win over the Bulls. It's a 10-game winning streak for the Rockets. Incredibly, their third winning streak of 10-plus games this season. We know the 17-gamer, they got snapped last month against the Toronto Raptors. They had the 14-gamer from November until December. Now, on a 10-gamer and counting, that seems almost certain to become 11, the way the Rockets are routing overmatched opponents this homestand, three games in a row, New Orleans, Atlanta, now Chicago, seems almost a certainty that they'll be able to take care of business. Knock on wood, you never want to assume anything in this league. Any team is capable of beating you. But Phoenix, to wrap up the five-game homestand on Friday night, potentially with Harden, Capella, and Mute all coming back, it looks like the run will continue for the Rockets, whose magic number is now down to two games with seven still to play to clinch that number one seed in the Western Conference and home court advantage throughout the NBA playoffs. The Warriors off tonight, but again, the magic number down to two with still seven games left for the Rockets. So at this point, it's a formality. The Rockets are going to have home court advantage throughout the NBA playoffs because they have been the league's best team all season long. And when you annihilate a team the way the Rockets did the Bulls on Tuesday night, there's a lot of storylines, but... You're going to have to start, even in the game in which Chris Paul made his return, we'll discuss that in segment two of our three-points recap, but from the jump, we have to talk about Eric Gordon. I know we've discussed it a lot of late, but to put it in perspective, since coming off the layoff over the All-Star break combined with food poisoning, he's been shooting over 47% from the field, almost 45% from three. Tonight against the Bulls, 31 points in 26 minutes, 11 of 17 from the field, 8 of 13 from behind the arc, a plus 39 in his 26 minutes. That is absolutely filthy. Just absurd. Good enough that R.J. Hunter was able to play the final 10 minutes of the game in his place. That's how good Eric Gordon and how dominant he was tonight. And of course, it allowed the Rockets to get another big win, which helps so much in managing minutes up and down the roster, even in a game that the Rockets were not anywhere near at full strength to begin with, considering the absences of Harden, Capella, Luke Mute, combination of maintenance and maintenance and minor injuries. Y'all know the game on that. As far as Eric, though, the continuation, we mentioned almost 45%, now above that, well above that, since his return, essentially shooting close to 50% from the field and 50% from three in the 15 games since he returned in late February. Just a phenomenal stretch of basketball, and it comes right after he had that stretch off due to the combination of the All-Star break, the food poisoning, also rehabbing some minor injuries to his back and his knee before the All-Star break, 
And what it shows you is that while James Harden and Chris Paul, Paul because of the sore hamstring, and Harden because, well, he's James Harden, the MVP frontrunner, even though they've been the priorities for rest from the outset, it hasn't been until the past week that the Rockets have been secure enough in their standing virtual lock number one at this point to where you can really begin the rest program. Eric Gordon is going to need to be tightly managed as well because you are seeing a very strong correlation <clears throat> excuse me, between Eric Gordon's level of rest, his level of freshness, and his level of play. When his form really dipped before the All-Star break, it was at the end of that grind for the Rockets, certainly the first 50 or so games, but more than that, it was all the road trips that they had, the January and February right until the All-Star break was very difficult on this team, and then when they got out of that stretch, he has been revitalized, and I think prolonging that into the playoffs is the biggest priority, because when Eric Gordon is this good, when in addition to Chris Paul and James Harden, you have a guy who, again, you're talking about a guy who's shooting roughly 50% from the field and 50% from three in 15 games over a month's playing time to the point where over the past week, you've been without Chris Paul three times, James Harden once, and you haven't even skipped a beat. Yes, I know the Chicago Bulls are not good. Guess what? The numbers that Eric Gordon put up, it's tough to do that against air. I don't care who you are playing against. And the Bulls, by the way, Let's be honest, they're not a good team, but let's not act like they are not capable of being competitive. Just in the past two weeks, they've lost to Cleveland by five, they've lost to the Clippers by six. Those are two veteran uh, possible playoff teams. We'll have to see about the Clippers, certainly the Cavs are. But the Bulls, a lot of young players trying to prove their way in the NBA, earn roster spots moving forward. It's the kind of team that without James Harden, I'm not going to say they should beat the Rockets in Houston, but it's not without Harden, without Capella, you would not have stunned me if you said before the game that the Bulls can hang around, at least to the standpoint of making a 10-15 kind of slugfest of a game. And the Rockets, because of this the absurd laser-like efficiency of Eric Gordon, it was a laugher to the point where it was 83-43 to in the middle of the third quarter. That's how dominant the Rockets were on both the ends of the floor. We shouldn't forget about the Rockets' offense and all of this, the Bulls shooting just a woeful percentage from behind the arc. But certainly, in terms of offense, defense is tough to measure because you never know how much is you versus how much is the bad opponent. Offensively, the kind of numbers the Rockets put up tonight, namely Eric Gordon, it's tough to do that against air. That's how good Eric was, and it's a reflection of just how good he's been over the past month, and in my opinion, just how much of a priority it's going to be over these final seven games to find him a game or two of rest as well. Because if you get that in the playoffs, in addition to Chris Paul and James Harden, and Clint Capella, you have Eric Gordon at an all-star level. Couple that with what's happened in Golden State, the Stephen Curry injury, which seems likely to last at least five weeks through the first round. We'll see what happens with the returns of Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson. Neither of those seems immediately ready to return. All of a sudden, within the past couple of weeks, you've gone from thinking the Rockets have a decent shot to where at this point, as I said in our last podcast on Monday, they're the favorites, and certainly Chris Paul and James Harden, they've been there all along, but it's the growth outside of those two throughout the roster. We've seen the depth, Gerald Green, Joe Johnson, both of those guys having an uptick in play of late. We know how deep this roster is. Now the return of Ryan Anderson, who did not have a great game shooting on Tuesday, but nonetheless, I would say since Ryan's returned, Gerald, Joe, the depth has been fortified. Nene had a nice game in the starting lineup in the absence of Clint Capella. Nene, 10 points, 7 boards, 3 assists in his 21 minutes. Rockets plus 3-2 with him out there. Trevor Ariza, 21 points, 
50% from the field, 4 of 10, 40% from behind the arc, 21 points, 6 boards in his 36 minutes. Everyone limited. No one had to play 30 minutes in this game. Uh, of your starters, I should say, that's how good and dominant the Rockets were. That helps you manage minutes. We'll discuss that in the final segment of the show. But to me, above all of those things, it comes back to Eric Gordon. Because the version of Eric Gordon we have seen over the past month, in which, by the way, the Rockets have only lost one time. They've won 31 of their last 33 games. They've won 10 in a row, which is absurd in and of itself. But in the past month, when they've only lost once, and that was in Toronto by three points against maybe the second-best team in the league right now, all on the abs- uh, on the end of a three- and four-night stretch all on the road for the Rockets. I mean, that's what it takes to beat the Rockets. And that's the only time the Rockets have lost in this stretch with Eric Gordon. And in my opinion, despite all the other things, depth, chemistry, all the things you can point to, to me, the biggest variable in the Rockets picking up their level of play over the past month to where they just look like a juggernaut right now is Eric Gordon going from a quality role player, which is what he's been for most of this season, to legitimately a third or fourth star. He has been that good. And even in a game in which the Chicago Bulls were definitely overmatched, at the same time, without James Harden, without your MVP frontrunner, in a game that looked like going in might be a little sluggish, somewhat forgettable at Toyota Center, just trying to grind a win, similar to what you had to do against Detroit last week. All of a sudden, the Rockets, led by 83-43, to maybe their most dominant performance of the entire season, and I don't think it's any coincidence that Eric Gordon did the heavy lifting because over the past month, he has been your biggest storyline in regards to improving the Rockets' ceiling when it comes to championship potential. He's done it for a month now, and perhaps it's most fitting of all that in this past week that Chris Paul has missed three games, now James Harden has missed one, the Rockets have not missed a beat. That's how good Eric Gordon is, and I think the priority going forward, how do you maintain that? Some of it could be randomness, and I'm sure... He'll probably go through a stretch in which he's not quite as hot from outside. But you want to control what you can control. I don't think it's a coincidence that this happened after the extended layoff. And so the Rockets, these last seven games, I think you'll see a priority. Make sure to get Eric minutes off and maybe a game or two off as well so that you can have him as close to 100% fresh as humanly possible heading into the playoffs, which start two weeks from this upcoming weekend. Now, I wanted to spend the first segment of our three points recap discussing Eric Gordon because, let's be real, he scored 31 points on 11 of 17 shooting in 26 minutes and are a plus 39, the team is, in your minutes. That's the story. And Eric, it continues a run for him over the past month. But if Eric's the lead story, a very close second is the return of Chris Paul, one of the two guys who is supposed to be your star level foundation pieces. Now, Eric Gordon has played like it over the past month. Chris Paul, however, has been the legitimate number two to James Harden all season long this year in which the Rockets 61-14 after that 118-86 win over the Bulls on Tuesday night at Toyota Center. Chris, 13 points, 10 assists, and 28 minutes in his return, did have four steals, four rebounds, shot just four of 12 from the field, actually made his first two threes, and then made one of his final seven. So you could nitpick holes and say, well, Chris, and he was a plus 20, which was the lowest of any in the Rockets starting lineup, which tells you how ridiculous this game was. Again, the Rockets leading by as much as 40. And so if you want to nitpick, you could say, well, Chris shot just 33% from the field. That's certainly not the efficiency we're used to expecting from Chris Paul when he is fully healthy. Well, he has missed a week with the hamstring injury, so to some degree, there's 
some building back of his conditioning that's going to be going on after taking a week off. There's a reason the Rockets are not resting multiple guys for multiple games at a time when it's purely maintenance. When it's purely maintenance, they take one game off and then you put them right back in because if, if they take more than two or th- uh, more than one night, even two or three, there is going to be a toll that it takes on your conditioning. So if someone misses two or three games, like we've seen from Chris Paul and Luke Bamute, even if it's a minor injury, even if it's one that you're treating more conservatively than you would if the race was close or if it was the playoffs, at the same time, you are going to have to slowly build back up. So I think that's part of what happened with Chris tonight. The other factor is that, quite frankly, he made the first two threes From that point forward, it was a game in which there was no reason, if you're Chris Paul or the Rockets, to push the envelope. I think that's what you saw, and you've seen a lot from James Harden throughout the year. When you look at James Harden's, I would say, three-point attempts to overall field goal attempts, in games that the Rockets win in a blowout, especially games in which they control throughout, you will see that he takes a much higher percentage of threes. The reason he does this, it is not worth pushing your body, going inside, taking contact, drawing fouls, if you are winning by a lot anyway. What you see is him trying to facilitate, get his teammates involved, and the vast majority of his shots are taking the very end of the shot clock. And it's not like those are great shots, but it's in part because the Rockets are playing conservatively because they have a lead and there's no reason to risk any sort of injury to one of your star players, especially if it's a case like Chris now, where he's already a little bit limited coming off a week's absence since the last three games. Last we saw him was a week ago Tuesday in Portland when he grabbed at that left hamstring on the way off the floor. And in my opinion, that's what we saw from Chris tonight. He was very good early on, made his first two threes, net barely moved on, on those. And in general, he still was a good facilitator. Ten assists, just three turnovers, had four steals. He was a fine floor general. You just did not see a lot from Chris as a scorer. I don't think it's necessarily the injury. I think it's more how the game was going, the flow. The Rockets were up by so much. Nine of Chris Paul's 12 attempts were from behind the arc, only took two free throws. I don't think it's the hamstring that's limiting him, because early on he seemed to be aggressively looking for his shot. It's more recognizing that when you're winning by 20, 30, even 40 points, there is no reason for that to be the game that you try and push it, especially when you have another couple of days off, the Rockets don't play again until Friday against the Phoenix Suns. So as far as Chris Paul is concerned, yes, 33% shooting from the field, not ideal, but again, you can't just look at the box score, you have to look at the game situation, and in terms of what the Rockets were trying to do tonight, if you actually evaluate Chris Paul's play in terms of when the game was remotely in question, which was basically just the first quarter versus the remainder, you can see a big difference. When Chris Paul needed to make plays early in the game, when he felt the need to go all out, to me, he looked pretty good. And on the balance of the game, I thought he was a big part of the Rockets' ball movement. Chris had 10 assists in his 28 minutes. And the Rockets as a team, let's give them credit, 28 assists as a team on their 41-made field goals, 18 of those being threes. But 28 assists for the Rockets to just 10 turnovers. We've seen a lot made of the Rockets over the past couple of months being such an ISO-heavy team, which they can be, but when the situation calls for it, they can move the ball really well in addition to that. And in a game in which they didn't have James Harden, as Daryl Morey says, probably the best isolation player in the history of the NBA, you didn't quite have the isolation advantages that you normally do. So the Rockets were able to flip gears and have a little bit more ball movement. And again, 28 assists to just 10 turnovers. 
and 28 assists on the 41 made field goals for the Rockets, and Chris Paul with 10 assists in his 28 minutes was a big part of setting that tone, either directly or by, on some occasions, the hockey assist by getting it to a guy who then took advantage of leverage situations to make the additional pass for that assist. So, to me, it was a quintessential Chris Paul game in which, other than Eric Gordon, there wasn't necessarily a dynamic standout other than just up and down the roster. You had guys make a lot of shots. You saw them get out in transition, and so... Other than Eric, it wasn't like you had just an individual that took over the game. You just had solidly reliable ball movement throughout the game, not a lot of turnovers, and that's where the point God, in my opinion, makes his impact. So 13 and 10, 28 minutes, 4 of 12. I know on the box score it seems kind of like, eh, for Chris Paul. But in my opinion, he got through the 28 minutes healthy. He moved the ball well. I thought defensively, he was very solid. I mentioned the four steals in those 28 minutes. So to me, Chris Paul, clearly your number two after James Harden in the big picture. Any injury, no matter how minor, when it's an injury, and as I said, if you miss more than one game, it's pretty clear it's not just maintenance because the Rockets aren't going to send guys out for maintenance for multiple games at a time because of the impacts on conditioning. Even if it's minor, you want to make sure it's something like a hamstring for Chris Paul or the tendonitis in the left knee of Luke Bamute, you want to make sure, it's certainly not a Steph Curry or Kevin Durant-like situation, but the, that those guys are able to put it behind them. And so far, so good. It's just one game. But I thought Chris Paul looked very good in terms of his usual levels of burst and explosion coming off the hamstring. And now he gets a couple more days off before he and the Rockets resume play on Friday night against the Phoenix Suns. And that leads into the third and final segment of our three points recap which is about minutes distribution, rest, and the role of these blowouts. Now, three consecutive games, which the Rockets have just put the hammer down on opponents. By the way, if there's one nitpick that you could put in the, certainly the Pelicans and to a small extent the Hawks, it's that after the Rockets got up 20 plus points early, you saw those teams get fairly close, maybe 12, 15 points-ish at brief moments in the third quarter before the Rockets built it back up again, down the stretch. That certainly did not happen with the Bulls. The Rockets kept building that lead until it got to 40. And of course, when it got to 40, the, the Bulls did get it back down to 30. But at that point, the game is long, long over. The Rockets did a much better job of putting the hammer down tonight and keeping their foot on the gas, even when it was clear that it was going to be their game. But even in those other games, it's not like there was ever any real stressful minutes. It's not like it ever got down to six, eight points. The Rockets always had control of the games. And what's so big about that, it's not just who you rest, it's how you manage the players who do play. We've talked about James Harden. They want to limit him to 30 or 32 minutes down the stretch of the year. And I think the same goes for any of your veterans. You don't want to rest them too much because, as we said with Chris Paul, you rest them for two or three games at a time, there's going to be a toll that's taken on their conditioning. You also don't want to get them out of form. They want to be in rhythm like Eric Gordon is in right now. So, yeah, you want to get them one game here or there, but I think you want to rest them two or three in succession. So if you're not going to rest guys that much and you certainly don't want to risk injury, the best way to do that is to get them minutes but keep the minutes manageable. And the easiest way to do that is to win by big margins. And when you do it, as the Rockets did tonight, even with James Harden, Clint Capella, and Luke Bamute, three of your everyday 12 not playing, even with guys like RJ Hunter, Joe Chi, and Tarek Black on the end of the bench to take those minutes, and many of those not even usually active or with the team in the case of Joe Chi and RJ Hunter, no one in the starting lineup played more than 30 minutes. The only guy in the entire game who played 30 minutes was Gerald Green off the bench, who had 14 points, although he did just shoot 4 of 14, 1 of 9 
from three, gets more positive point to which early had seven rebounds, and so even if the shot wasn't falling, still made some big plays, I thought, with his energy and his overall defense, while certainly not a standout, is better than it was earlier this season, to the point where he remains playable. Joe Johnson's second minutes with 29, continued his recent uptick, 10 points, five boards, four of nine from the field, although just uh, did not make a three, oh of three from behind the arc, so you do need to see that get better. But your starters, your mainstays, P.J. Tucker, 27 minutes, Trevor Ariza, 26 minutes, Nene, 21, and Chris Paul and Eric Gordon, 28 minutes and 26, respectively. We mentioned those earlier. So when you win games by these margins, when you take care of business, not only are you, of course, getting the wins, Rockets improving 61 and 14, magic number down to two for home court throughout the playoffs, because at that, and at this point, let's be real, that's an insurmountable lead. The Rockets are going to be the number one seed. They are going to have home court advantage throughout the NBA playoffs. So beyond that, your priority is just keeping guys sharp, keeping guys injury-free, keeping guys in form. And the best way to do that is by winning games by healthy margins so that you aren't tempted to overextend. Because, for example, the Detroit game, which went to overtime, that's when you saw guys like James Harden and Eric Gordon playing 40-plus minutes, which you don't intend to, but you get in a competitive situation, and I don't think the Rockets want to lose any game. Now, they don't, fortunately, they're 31-2 and in their last 33 games. But if you let teams hang around, you can get in a situation where the competitive juices kind of take hold, especially in the fourth quarter, and you can look after the game and say, wow, we extended these guys a little further than we'd like. So by virtue of winning games by these huge margins, not only are you getting the benefit of the win, but you are also getting the benefit of keeping the minutes down for everyone, which is the best of both worlds, and the guys that are playing, none of them are really overextending themselves in terms of driving that hard to the whole risking injury, because as we said with Chris Paul, when you play with the lead, you're able to kind of dial it back a little bit, and while you can't ever fully eliminate injury at the same time, it, it lets everyone play a little more safe, and ultimately, at this point for the Rockets, I don't quite go to the extent that some have on Twitter of saying put them in bubble wrap, but I, I get the point. At this point, the Rockets are the number one seed. They are going to be the league's best team heading into the playoffs, and so the best thing you can do, keep guys healthy, keep them in peak form, and winning by uh, big margins, that, that's the best way to do both of those. Final point before we sign off. Next game, Phoenix on Friday. I've seen some saying, well, with so many games or, or so many days off this week, you don't play again until Friday, and then you have a tougher week next week. Teams like San Antonio, Washington, Portland, Oklahoma City. I've seen some suggestions saying, well, do you sit guys out against Phoenix as well? My response is no, because you want them to stay fresh. At this point, the number one seed, the race for the league's best record, it's over. The Rockets have done it. So as far as competitive races between the Rockets and everyone else, that's a non-factor. So the Rockets with number one seed, they've already set a franchise record for wins at 61 now, shattering the prior record of 58 by the 93-94 championship team. Where the Rockets finish with 63, 65, 67, 68, they don't really care. To them at this point, the work of the regular season, getting that number one seed, it's done. So the priority from here on out is preparing yourself for the playoffs. So even though Phoenix is a weaker team and they're at home, and you might say on paper, well, you can sit some guys and beat Phoenix just because you're better, the same way you sat three mainstays against Chicago, and then you play those guys next week against the tougher schedule. Well, what does that really mean? Because whether you win or lose next week is not a big deal in the grand scheme. So I think for the Rockets, 
I'm not saying they're going to play everyone against Phoenix. I think you could see possibly some of the guys who have not rested yet, the guys like Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker, Trevor Ariza, maybe one or two of those guys gets the day off on Friday. But I think the goal for the Rockets, again, you're not going to see wholesale line changes to where you rest, what, three, four players at a time. I don't think it would have done three tonight, except Luke Bamute is legitimately injured, and fortunately he's probable for Friday. They say he's progressing very well, recovering from the tendonitis that he has going on in that left knee right now. But I think Phoenix, you'll see some guys rest. At the same time, I don't think at this point you want to look at any game and say, well, this is the game that we're just going to play RJ Hunter and Joe Chi 30 minutes each, other than maybe that last game in Sacramento, just because it's night two of a road back-to-back and it's your last one before the playoffs. Other than maybe that one, I think the others, you'll see just a methodical program of, okay, the Rockets, they play, you know, eight of their main 10 this night, eight of the 10 the next night, and I don't think it matters who you are playing. It doesn't matter that Phoenix on Friday is a worse team than San Antonio on Sunday or Oklahoma City next Saturday versus Washington on Tuesday. Don't think about it in terms of comparisons, who you're playing on a given night, because the results of the game does not matter. 63, 65, 67 wins. At this point, it's all the same thing for the Rockets. It's about keeping guys injury-free, keeping them sharp. So it's going to be less about the opponent and more just methodical. And I think the way to do that is just kind of stagger the games in which, okay, this game, these two guys get the the day off. The next one, it's these two, and and so on and so forth, and just sort of luck at the draw to where hopefully everyone gets a couple of days off, and then I think maybe that last Saturday against the Thunder, that to me, the final home game of the regular season, showing out against the Thunder team, that's probably going to be playing for something, for seeding, given how close seeds four all the way through nine or ten is in the Western Conference, maybe that's a game that I think you might see the Rockets try and cut it loose a little bit for the final time before the playoffs, before dialing it back in the those final two road games, L.A. and Sacramento, the Tuesday and Wednesday, that back-to-back, the final week of the season before you get ready for the playoffs that following weekend. So in my opinion, I asked uh, Mike D'Antoni before the game about James Harden and Clint Capella coming back Friday. He said that's the plan. He did not commit to it 100%. Of course, they'll talk and see everybody's feeling. But I would expect those guys to return. Also, sounds like Luke Bamute is progressing well. He should be available then as well. So I think the odds are good that uh, James Harden, MVP frontrunner, he's back on Friday. I think someone will rest. I just don't think it will be those two. And so hopefully down the stretch of the year, you get everyone a couple of days off. And beyond that, the other thing to hope for, get as many blowouts as you can. Because if there's any temptation at all when those competitive juices get going in a game, because even if it doesn't mean that much in the standings, certainly the Rockets start playing. These are cutthroat competitors. They want to win. At the same time, the best way to avoid the temptation to overextend anyone, even a couple of minutes, is to win games like you've been doing on this homestand, the Pelicans, the Hawks, and the Bulls. If there's one nitpick you could throw at the Rockets the last couple of weeks, and there's reasons for it, having so many road games, also a lot against good opponents, the margins had slipped. Well, on this homestand, it has picked back up in a big way to the point where the Rockets, they've had the best record in the league all season long, it feels like, or certainly the second half, now 61-14. and But in addition to being the best team over the balance of the season, they also seem to be peaking and playing some of their best ball of the season right now, which is about the best you could hope for as a Rockets fan heading down the home stretch of this regular season. So on that note, I will wrap things right there. As always, if you want more regular content, best place to get it is Twitter. I am on Twitter at Ben Dubose. The show is on Twitter at Rockets, And also email us, LockedOnRockets at gmail.com questions, suggestions, advertising inquiries, anything we can do to make this a better podcast for you, the diehard Rockets fan. Also, don't forget Facebook. That's facebook.com slash LockedOnRockets, LockedOnRockets.com. That's our website. 
All of those are great places where you can reach out to us. If I hadn't mentioned our email, it's lockdownrockets at gmail.com. Oh yeah, of course I mentioned that. But uh, yeah, yeah, any of those sources, reach out to us. Let us know how we can make this a better show if it's not already great for you because getting ready for the playoffs, this is the only daily podcast covering the Houston Rockets, the league's best team. So we want to gear up and be the best podcast that we could be heading down the home stretch of this year and certainly when the playoffs get here in a couple of weeks. So one final time, the happy final from Toyota Center on Tuesday night. Rockets 118, Bulls 86. Rockets improved to 61 and 14 on the year, winners of 10 in a row, 31 of their past 33. Uh, 33 games, and they are next in action this Friday night at home against the Phoenix Suns at Toyota Center. Hope to see some of you guys then. For now, folks, have a good night, and thanks again for listening to Lockdown Rockets, your home for daily coverage of the NBA's best basketball team.